Hey there, writers, and welcome back to the Well-Storied Podcast. My name is Kristen Kiefer, and this podcast is where I translate articles from the Well-Storied blog into audio so you can listen in on the go. If you don't know, Well-Storied is my website where I share articles and tools and resources to help you craft sensational novels and build your very best writing life. As we often do on Mondays, we are diving back into the blog archives today where I've given an old article a refresh and I'm sharing it with you now here on the podcast. And in fact, this article that I'm sharing with you today is one of the oldest on my blog. It was originally published on January 23rd, 2015, and it's called Pantsers vs. Plotters and Other Literary Lingo You Should Know. This article and episode will be geared toward beginning writers, so many of the terms discussed throughout this episode will likely be familiar to you if you are well into your writing journey. That said, it's probably also good for a little refresher if you've been out of touch with the writing world as of late. So without any further ado, let's dive into today's episode. If you would like to read along as you listen in, make sure to head on over to well-storied.com lingo. Pantsers versus Plotters, and other literary lingo you should know. Like any industry or creative hobby, the writing world comes with its fair share of lingo. When I first began learning more about the craft of writing, I came across a bevy of words and phrases whose definitions left me feeling clueless. Pantsers versus Plotters? Deus Ex Machina? Exposition? Epilogue? Epigraph? It took me far too long to feel in the know as a new writer. If you find yourself in a similar position now, let's take some time today to define the popular literary lingo you should know. Pantsers, plotters, and plantsers, oh my. When I first joined the online writing world, the very first phrase that had me scratching my head was pantsers versus plotters. Being as most writers seem to identify as one of these two terms, I figured it was pretty important that I learn the definitions and subscribe to a label as well. And so my dive into literary lingo began. As it turns out, the definitions for these labels are pretty simple. Pantsers are writers who draft their stories without first plotting them. In essence, they write by the seat of their pants. While plotters are writers who complete in-depth pre-writing before drafting their stories. Over the years, a third term has also come into prominence. Plantsers, who are simply writers who complete some small measure of pre-writing before drafting, but leave much up to discovery. They're kind of an in-between between pantsers and plotters. Defining yourself by one of these labels is far from necessary, especially considering that a writer's pre-writing and drafting processes can vary widely from story to story. But these terms do arise frequently in the online writing world, at least in my experience, so they may be worth knowing if you'd like to get involved. Next up, let's define some common writing acronyms. First up, WIP, or Work in Progress. It's the story a writer is currently engaged in planning, writing, or revising. MS stands for Manuscript, an unpublished copy of a work. MC is Main Character, the primary subject or subjects of your story. POV is Point of View, the mode of narration used to tell a story, consisting of first, second, and third person perspectives. 
I'd like to take a moment here to uh, jump out of reading the article and say that I have included many links in today's transcript over at well-story.com slash lingo if you want more information about some of the terms and acronyms we'll be defining today. All right, next up we have PB, or picture book. This is a short book with many visuals aimed toward young children. MG is middle grade, an age market for fiction and nonfiction work aimed toward a preteen audience. YA is young adult, an age market for fiction and nonfiction work aimed toward a teen audience. NA is new adult, which is an age market aimed towards those in their late teens and early 20s. And A is adult, an age market, of course, aimed toward an adult audience. Next up, we have ARC, or A-R-C, which stands for Advanced Reader Copy. This is an unfinalized copy of a book provided to reviewers pre-publication. Next up is ISBN, which is an international standard book number. This is a unique number identifying a published book. It comes in handy when looking up certain books and trying to find certain editions. Next up, we have SF, which can stand for science fiction or speculative fiction. Most often, SF stands for science fiction. However, sometimes the acronym is used to indicate speculative fiction, which is an umbrella genre containing any works with fantastical, supernatural, or futuristic elements. Next up, we have F, which simply stands for fantasy, which is stories that incorporate fantastical elements as a core part of the plot or world. UF stands for urban fantasy, which are fantasy stories featuring real-world city settings. PNR is paranormal romance, love stories featuring supernatural or fantastical elements. Then we have CF, which is contemporary fiction, stories that take place in modern, real-world settings. Stick with me now, we have S or T, which could be suspense or thriller, which are plot-driven stories featuring dramatic stakes and frequent action. HF is historical fiction, stories that take place in real-world historical settings. HEA is happily ever after, a story with a happy ending, typically of a romantic nature. And finally, we have AU or AR, meaning alternate universe or alternate reality. These are stories that speculate what may have happened if a real-world event had not occurred or had occurred differently. Though these phrases can also apply to alternative fictional realities in some fanfiction stories, such as if you were writing fanfiction for Harry Potter. All right, writers, so those are some of the most common acronyms you'll encounter in your writing journey. That said, there are countless acronyms for specific genres and subgenres that may come in handy when preparing to query or publish your work, so make sure to do your research before diving in. Next up, let's talk about a few literary terms that don't even seem to be in English. <laughs> Beginning with Deus Ex Machina. Quite literally, in the Latin, this means God from Machine. However, the literary definition is as follows. A plot device whereby a seemingly insurmountable obstacle is suddenly overthrown by an unexpected force, often resulting in an event that feels contrived. So, for example here, some readers think that the end of The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, where Frodo and Sam are saved from the fires of Mount Doom by the eagles, is a deus ex machina, because the eagles essentially come out of nowhere to save them. 
Next up, our next definition is Bildungsroman, which in the German is Novel of Education. This is a coming-of-age story in which the protagonist matures emotionally or intellectually as a result of their experiences. Next, we have Denouement, which is French for finish or finale. It's the falling action of a story in which remaining threads of tension are resolved. And finally, we have in media res, or into the middle of things. That's Latin, and it's used to describe a story that begins after the inciting incident has taken place, often a mystery or a thriller, in which a crime has occurred before chapter one. And finally, writers, as we discussed literary lingo today, let's define some common storytelling elements, beginning with prologue. This is an introductory passage placed before the first chapter in a book. Next, we have epilogue, which is a separate passage placed after the last chapter in a book that further concludes the story at hand or stirs intrigue for a related story to come. Next, we have exposition. This is simply background information that concerns your characters or story world that must be relayed throughout your story for reader comprehension. Next up, we have epigraph. An epigraph is a short passage placed before a book or its parts that is designed to establish atmosphere or theme. Again, I'd like to take a moment to remind you that I've included many links throughout today's transcript, so I do have a link for an article concerning all things epigraph if you'd like more information. Make sure to head over to well-storied.com lingo to check out all of the links I have for you today. Our next definition is theme. This is simply a topic discussed in a work. For example, love, honor, duty, power, motherhood, or depression. A thematic statement, on the other hand, is the message an author wishes to convey concerning their story's themes. For example, love conquers all, home is where the heart is, or hard work is a reward in itself. The next definition is narrative, the narrated sections of a work, as opposed to dialogue, where simply narrative can just mean a plot. Next, we have subplot, which is a separate supporting plot line that occurs alongside the main arc of a story. A synopsis is a brief summary of a story's events, often a one or two page document requested by agents. A blurb is a short one- or two-paragraph description designed to market a story to readers, often included on the back cover of a book or on its sales pages. I should say, and on its sales pages. (laughs) Then we have style, which is the unique way in which an author writes, whether as a whole or as pertains to a particular story. Often this is influenced by theme, prose, and narrative voice. Next, we have pace. This is the speed and consistency with which a story's events occur. Then we have characterization, which is the detailed conceptualization of a character consisting of their personality, backstory, interests, experiences, worldview, and more. Next, we have archetype. This is a typical example of a character. Popular archetypes include the wise old man, the noble warrior, the maiden, the rebel, the best friend, etc. Next, we have tragic flaw. This is a personality trait that leads to a character's ultimate downfall. Then we have fast drafting. This is the process of drafting a story as quickly as possible, specifically without editing as one writes. And finally, public domain. 
This is a collection of works that can be utilized in any capacity, including for-profit ventures, without explicit permission, as the related intellectual property rights have been forfeited or expired. Works typically enter the public domain when their authors have been deceased for 70 years. Alright writers, this wraps up the common literary lingo I have to share with you today. Are there any additional terms you'd love for me to add to this list? Don't hesitate to get in touch anytime you can find me on social media at Kristen underscore Kiefer. If you don't know how to spell that, I'll include that for you in today's episode description. I would love to chat with you on Twitter or Facebook or wherever it is you love to hang out, so make sure to come on out, okay? Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of the Podcast Writers. Whether you are a brand new writer or someone who's simply looking to brush up on your literary lingo, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, make sure to subscribe for to receive all those notifications about future episodes of the podcast. And if you have a quick moment to spare, it also goes a long way to leave a quick like or a rating or a review. That all helps the podcast grow and reach new writers, and I really, really appreciate it. So thank you very much. If you would like to support the podcast and all of the free resources that I create for WellStoried in a more monetary capacity, make sure to head on over to patreon.com slash WellStoried. I'll leave that link for you in today's episode description as well. If you don't know, Patreon is where you can support your favorite creators for as little as $1 a month, and every dollar really goes a long way towards helping me cover the expenses involved in running WellStoried, so that any profits that I do make from my workbooks and other product sales, resource sales, actually goes towards, you know, helping me pay my personal bills. So that's a big help, you guys. Thank you so much. And again, I'll leave that link for you in today's episode description if you'd like to check it out. All right, writers, that is everything I have for you today. Thank you again for listening in, and I will see you guys next time. Until then, happy writing.